Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, and we are ready for another fun conversation today, so thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, well, thanks for checking us out. If you've been here before, either way, go ahead and head over to silvertranch.org, and you can check down, check down, download, check out, whatever you want to do. Go. I'm just throwing all the words in there today, but you well, can check why, out our previous episodes. Why not check down instead of check up? There you go. I mean, who made this? Who check made, out, check down, check yeah, up. Who made these phrases up anyway? They did. I know what you mean by them, so I'm okay. That's good. I appreciate it. And isn't that what communication is about? Yes. So you and I are in sync. All right. In sync. Yeah, that was a band back in the 90s. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we digress very a fast. A rubber band? A rubber band? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is anybody out there following where we're going? And everybody just tuned off. Yeah, Dave's okay. a very literal person. This is, is not great. something so. to follow anymore. I understand. That's all right. Now you you have uh, again each time we talk, I reaffirm it in case people are listening for the first time or something. You have three sons. I they're, do. They're young. Your oldest is nine. Nine. Your youngest five. Five. So in school, are they all three in school now? Uh for the most part, my youngest is on Tuesday, Thursday, all day. Okay. Yeah. And and that's kindergarten at this point? Uh, is that the same as it always used to be? I've 4K, been out of school for a while. 4K. 4K. No, no. he's Yeah, 4K. Kindergarten's all day. So he's in four, they, in Wisconsin, they call it 4K. All right. So I'll have to get up with the times. Now, the, I was reading an article, and, and the article was talking about raising children and, and kids in school. Yeah. And the issues that a lot of the kids have in school. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, th- this could be very true. These issues are issues that people see how do you deal with them and how can we help parents know that these issues are out there yeah and have them prepared to talk to their kids about them or look for ways to keep them healthy um for example the, one of the first issues they talk about is a lot of kids are afraid of abandonment issues hmm. uh, most children rely on their parents for survival and emotional support and and they watch the news they see things that are going on and they're really down deep in their heart they're afraid that one day their parents won't be there and they won't be taken care of. Yeah. So uh, have any of your children ever expressed an, a, a fear that you and your wife wouldn't be around? Uh, I don't know if they've ever voiced it, but, I mean, there's different stages of life. You know, we just talked about school. They're, the first time we always bring them to school, they never want to leave you. Right. You know, and so whether that's fear of abandonment or, or obviously it's a change to the normal. Right. You know, but there is that um, component. Um you know, my boys really don't. They, well, they don't watch the news at all. Right. So you know, that's going to so, make a big difference. So that would that would be a huge difference. Um, I I wonder if 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 parents would talk about the idea of what marriage is now with marriage not being biblical yeah. right now, and marriage being more of an arrangement than a commitment. I mean, the idea of of talking about committed, it it wouldn't be unusual for you and your wife to sit, and it might be unusual, but it wouldn't be a bad idea for you and your wife to sit and talk about the. You know, in front of them, the idea of being committed to each other. Yeah. And what that looks like. Because believe it or not, the children then, even though they may not say it, they breathe a big sigh of relief. Because in reality, they know children whose parents aren't together. Yeah. Especially you're in school. So it, whether they voice it or not, they come home and they realize, well, our family is this way. Mm-hmm. But there are families that aren't that way. How do I know our family won't be that way? Right. So... You know, I encourage you and your wife to talk openly about what it is to be committed to each other, what it is to be committed to the family, and how important that is. And and I think, you know, I grew up the same way. I mean, th- th- 
obviously there were people divorced in the world when, when I grew up or whatever, but it's like not in our family. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the one thing I was sure of is that my parents weren't going to get a divorce. Yeah. And and they didn't, obviously. And, and that was, well, that's stability when you're a kid. That mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Um, I had a greater fear, I think, of my parents getting killed on a car accident or you know, something like that. Right. And then feel feeling like you might be abandoned if, if that happened. Um, I don't even know what their plans were. I think I would go with my cousins who were missionaries or something in Mexico mm. if that happened. I knew there was an arrangement Yeah. if something would happen, but I didn't know what it was necessarily. Um, so anyway, I think abandonment issues are something that kids will go through if they don't talk to you about them. And the way you battle that is by talking again of the biblical idea of what it means to be committed to another person and committed to family. The, the other thing I'm really encouraging our Nicolay Bible Institute students to do is guard definitions. Right. So do, do your kids, and when was it, when's, when's it appropriate, but do your kids, are they able to define what marriage is? Mm-hmm. Now, so that's a, that's a good question because in school, what are they going to be told about the family? Oh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. And again, right. it depends on the school, depends on what's going on. So what Satan does is he, he plays with definitions. Mm-hmm. So to, in this world now, if you say family, apart from the Bible, people have no idea what you just said. Yeah. It, it, two guys, two girls, a dog, a, whatever. Yeah. Everything could be family. So one of the ways you battle that is to define it for the kids. Mm-hmm. It's something that I never thought we'd have to do in a family. Right. Is to find what family is. And uh, it's not that, you know, I know people can write and say, well, you know, you're saying, you know, a single mom and kids can't be a family. I didn't say that. The ideal is this, a husband and a wife who are committed to each other for life and children, if they're a part of that family, they're committed to those children for life. Yeah. That's a family. Mm -hmm. Now, you might say, well, uh, there are other definitions. There are. But this is the definition in the scriptures. Now, if, if somebody dies, if a husband dies, that doesn't mean that they're not a family that's left. Right. I didn't say that. But the ideal is a, a man and a woman committed to each other for life. And mm-hmm. uh, I would encourage you that your boys know that definition because sometimes they, they won't come home and tell you what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. But in school, they were talking about family and they were talking about Look at all the different ways that family can be. Right. And you didn't even know they talked about that today. So they need to have that definition. Yeah, and I think that's so important because obviously that definition has changed even since I was a kid. You know, I remember learning as an elementary kid, like, oh, there's a nuclear family. You know, there's yep. a mom, dad, and kids. Right. You know, and then there's your extended family, you know, which is grandparents, aunts, uncles, and all that. You know, but all that is probably, I mean, changed. Oh, Absolutely. And, and even the, the availability to just talk about it. I was, I was listening to the news the other day, or reading a news article, and it was about Tony Dungy. Okay, uh, And yep. he's, he's an NFL coach. It uh, was a coach. Was a now coach, he's a commentator. Yeah. And he basically is one of the nicest guys that you'd ever see. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you want to talk to somebody who's just a nice guy, he's a nice guy. Yeah. That's my impression of him in general. He is a believer, and he's very against um, abortion. He's yeah. against abortion. He's against the LGBTQ whatever community. I mean, not against them, but but he would say they're wrong mm-hmm. in what they're doing. 
Now, there's been articles recently writing saying, well, he shouldn't have a job as a commentator anymore. Hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Right. We as people need to have the freedom to have discussions and be able to have convictions and believe things. This is still America where we have freedom of speech, freedom of ideas. You can believe that, that marriage is between, you know, whatever. And I'm going to look at you and say, I, I disagree 100%. I think it's according to what the scriptures say. Right. And, and that's the dialogue we have to keep having. If you take guys like Tony Dungy and you want to fire him because he has an opinion that's different than yours, then, then you know what? You, you can't even stand mm-hmm. as far as your idea. You can't stand with that because the bottom line is the only way to defend it is to destroy the people around you that have a different opinion. Right. Instead of saying, here's what's right. You know, Tony Dungy says the Bible is right and here's what's right and that's what I believe. Now, can we talk about football? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. That's Absolutely. what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, so I was I was concerned. Once again, though, if I lived with children, your the age that yours are, I would I would always be using that as discussion points. Yeah. Like, look at they're mad at him for this, mm-hmm. and then ask them, is that a good idea to to be mad at somebody because they disagree with you? Mm-hmm. How do you treat someone who disagrees with you? Right. I mean, I don't know if you uh, your oldest son, you might be able to ask him that question and have a dialogue. I mean, how how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And you know, when I was a kid, I might say, "Punch him." Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's let's rewind this one. Totally. Go, go back, and that's what it seems to be like on social media and stuff. You know, just punch him and out out talk him, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Anyway, abandonment issues. The next the next thing they say is academic concerns. It says when children begin attending school, they may face a variety of challenges. Difficulties in school could indicate learning disability problems. Okay, so they look in in school. Are your kids concerned about grades? No, not yet. Okay, they're young enough where. Is the school concerned about grades? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, and yeah, and I, I would say, to an extent, it's almost the flaw of this. Well, there's many flaws of the school school system, in my opinion, but that would be one of the flaws. Yeah. You know, is that uh, everything's based on report cards. You know, and I would suggest that grades don't indicate learning. No. Yeah, the old story is still when I was at Wheaton College and I was uh, first two years. First of all, growing up in the Chicago public school, I never read a book. Yeah. Not, not to college, and I got I was I was top third top quarter of my class. I did all the stuff I was supposed to. I got the good grades. I didn't learn a thing. My head was always somewhere else. Right. And it, it it's really weird that you can go through through 12 years of school and not even read a book, you know, and, and get through it and then go, go to college. But my first semesters of college were enormously difficult because mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for that kind of work. And uh, I didn't get the greatest grades. I didn't get the worst grades, but I didn't get the greatest grades. And then one day uh, an upperclassman told me, well, your problem is that you're, you're actually trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him funny. I thought, isn't that what school is supposed to be? I missed it all 12 years, and now I'm in college, and I'm supposed to learn this stuff, so I'm trying to learn it. No, 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 no. you got to pick the right teacher and go for the grade. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay. So my last two years, I got all the right teachers, went for the grade, got really good grades, graduated with honor, and I think I'm really smart now. <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, those things. Where you, you look right. at it and go, oh, you just got to play the game. Right. Now, think about that for a minute. My whole life has been around education, actually. I have my master's in it. I've taught school. I, I've taught up here for all these years. 
And I'm a guy who f- was a failure in the educational system, except for learn to go for the grade. Right. If you were in one of my classes today, you'd realize the grade is not what matters to me. Mm-hmm. It's whether you actually learn something. Right. And that's how I try and measure everything. You know, did you learn something or did you not? Um, not only that, when you look at academic concerns, everyone is so different. The, the right. boys, the, the boys in my classrooms had a tremendous amount of energy, mm-hmm. and most of it was because they were bored, sick. Yeah. And now, once I realized that, I taught differently. Mm-hmm. It wasn't their problem that they were bored. Right. It was my problem as a teacher. I wasn't recognizing. I, you know, I I want everyone to be like this really great student in the front row who comes always with the books who are lined up according to size, <laughs> right? Sits down, yes, sir, no, sir, all my work is done in perfect penmanship, and, yeah. and you'll love to read all my work. That's what I wanted all these boys to be. Mm-hmm. Well, they were throwing spit wads at each other and trying to push each other out windows. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, being boys. And I'm looking at that going, why can't you be like this person? Yeah. And and if they could answer me right, it would be because I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. Well, when I tapped into that energy, then I could turn those boys around. Right. And and so that was me as a teacher. I think there there could be academic concerns in um, in any school for a child, trying to figure out do I do I just try and learn this? Is this about learning? Is this about grades? Right. Is this about those are discussions that would be wonderful to have as parents with your children. Yeah, absolutely. And and even to ask teachers, how does this all fit? Right. And I and I would say be an active parent in that role. Yeah. You know, and 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 I don't know if it's just a a, a change of mentality or what, you know, but I go into it, you know, I I don't expect uh a teacher to be the main educator of my of my children, you know, and I know that that's probably the minority of what the school system is viewed as, you know. Um but even as I I look at the school system, I it, obviously nothing's perfect, but it's almost become more tailored to be daycare than it is an education center. And that's my opinion. Right. Um, but y- you look at it and the amount of time that is just wasted. Um, yep. and, and obviously I'm, 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 I'm throwing the cat out with the water, the kid now, right. you know, and obviously there's, there's varying teachers with different gifts and talents too. And so I, I, if you're a teacher out there and an educator, I'm not, I'm not dissing you. I'm just talking about the system. Um, but you, even with our boys, you know, and, and they're still at the younger side of elementary school. My oldest is in third grade. So he's right. slowly getting to the point where in the next year or two grades are going to start coming into the conversation. Right. Um, but even as we talk, like I, I just want them to understand and to learn and to be able to assess, you know, if, if I can teach them to look at truth and to be able to assess truth and make deductions off of the truth, that's what I want them to learn. Um, because I think that would help them in life, um, regurgitating different facts to perform well on a test, you know, isn't necessarily the outcome I want. Right. You know, I actually want them to learn and to grow and to understand that way they can apply, um, those learning skills, you know, in their life going forward. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's, it's very interesting to watch again. I, what I did when I, I taught fifth grade, so I taught everything, yeah. um, all the subjects. And at the beginning, when I first started, I was one of those new teachers with idealism all yeah. over the place. 
And uh, my first class, they gave me every child, and we had five fifth grades, and they gave me every one that was trouble. And they were all in my classroom. So I learned really quickly about different learning styles and different things of, of people. But one of the things I did is I looked back on the, the, the scope and sequence of the educational progress. So uh, they're supposed to learn this in second grade, they're supposed to learn this in third grade. Yeah. And, and I'm teaching fifth grade, and I'm looking at these test scores, and I'm looking at things saying, well, they were supposed to learn this in third. Right. And they still haven't learned it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they were taught it. I know the teachers use material to teach it. So what is the problem then? Mm-hmm. Is it that the child cannot grasp this? Or is it uh, the material is, is in the wrong, inappropriate spot? Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah. So I remember as a, a new teacher, I thought, I kept evaluating, wh- where's the problem? And I concluded that the problem really was at home. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the parents were not that eager to talk to me about it. But what I did is I made a decision. I told the parents at a parent meeting when I I, I had them, I said, you know what? I am never going to ask, I'm never going to send assignments home for you to make sure they do them Mm because this isn't about you. Yeah. And I made an agreement with your children. Um, I told them, I only give two grades, an A or an F. Those are the two. You either do what I ask you or you don't. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really all I'm asking you to do. And if you do what I ask you and you don't learn, that is really my problem. Yeah. But if you do what I ask you, I'm hoping you do learn. And and if you don't do it, then how can I help you? If you if you refuse to do it, I can't help you. Yeah. And and I'm not going to ask you for an assignment twice because what was happening is people were spoon feeding things and they just were doing it to get grades. Sure. So the first grade that I gave out was usually pretty low and parents in that neighborhood didn't like that. They'd come in and talk and I'd say, well, here's the problem. They said, well, can you send a list home? I'll make sure it's done. I said, no, no, they have to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, the problem is that they're not owning this. They don't want to learn anything. Yeah. They just want to grade. And, and what was interesting is by the end of the the year, my kids grew an average of two, three years academically Mm -hmm. because they, we solved the problem that wasn't academic. Right. The problem was they're getting spoon-fed stuff. They're just looking at grades. They're just trying to get by. And, and basically, I was saying, you know, it could be this simple. You just do what I ask you to do. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything. It's going to just be wasting your, your time or your mind. So mm-hmm. if I say do this assignment, it's due tomorrow at, you know, by lunch or whatever. It's due tomorrow by lunch. I'm not going to ask again. At first, the kids thought, party, this is great. He doesn't go after us or punish us or anything. Right. And they got their grade. And it was like, wait a minute. Why didn't you go after me? Because you chose not to listen to me. And I told you there's two grades. Yep. You know, I average them. So you get an F and an A and an F and an A. I guess that's a C, you know, so <laughs> uh, in, in the end. But uh, I'm not sure that that would be good for every teacher to do. But for me as a teacher, yeah, it was important to recognize. And I think for any parent out there, it's important for you to recognize the learning style of your child. Right. To be in dialogue with the teacher about that learning style. Because teachers have a tendency, all teachers have a tendency to try and put everybody in the same box because they, they have to deal with however many students in one classroom. And so if you're, they're teaching reading, they have, you know, I don't know how many are in the classes of your kids, but you yeah. know, we had 30 plus kids in there. So I had to deal with 30 kids teaching somebody how to read. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out these three need to learn this, but 27 of them don't. Right. Now, what do I do with the 27 of them while I concentrate on these three? 
Yeah. And that's the challenge with teachers. So I'd ask parents to be patient with teachers. But at the same point, there's a learning style that mm-hmm. uh, that every child has. H- have you ever worked at trying to discern the, the learning styles of your kids? In the process, you know, because even as you talk to them, they, they, they definitely learn differently. Um, and even as a parent, I'd say I've, I've had a crash course in that for yeah. sure. You know, well, I, I would just watch them. Because, they're definitely different. Yeah, when they're not on display or anything, they, they learn certain ways. Yeah. So if you're trying to teach them something, you know, some might be very quiet. And mm-hmm. stare. what they're doing is they're in, internally processing. Right. Some, you you know, if you're going to teach somebody, your boy's starting to get older, you want to teach him how to chainsaw, one of them may need to hold the chainsaw and, right. and do it. The others can watch you yeah. and learn from there. Uh, I've been one who could watch people, and I watch them, and I actually evaluate everything they're doing. When they're done, I can do their job. Right. So I've laid rock, and I've done things. Why? Because I've helped these people do it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it's like, do you know how to do that? And I go, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. When did you do it? I never have. Right. Well, how do you know? I watched him. Yep. So now you know? I do know, because I, the whole time he was doing it, I asked questions. Yeah. I wonder why you did that. Why did you pick that rock? And and the, I was mixing the mortar, so it's like, well, for this type of wall, you want a dryer mortar. For this one, you want a wet. Okay, I got that. So if you come to my house, I have an outside chimney made of rock that I did, and I'm not a bricklayer. Mm-hmm. And it's like the whole time before it started, you know, my wife would say, do you know how to do that? And I'd say, yeah. When did you do that? I never really did. I mean, that doesn't give anybody confidence. <laughs> right. However, that's a learning style. Right. Uh, and there's an awful lot that I have in my head that I've learned through the years. Totally. That because I've evaluated it while people are doing it, mm-hmm. and I've made it my own. Right. That's my learning style. It's not a lot of other people's learning style. Uh, in Nicolay Bible Institute, I have kids knit while I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they understand their hands need to do something or they don't learn as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, knit. I, whatever you need to do, Yep. I understand it's different. Two rules, and I would somehow get you to instill this in your kids. The, the first rule is there are no bad teachers, only bad students. Mm-hmm. In other words, as a student, I want to I think about, okay, this isn't my style, but that teacher has something I need to learn. Yep. So make it the student's responsibility to learn. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you'll, you'll see their style, but, and maybe there are some teachers where it'll be impossible, but still you're putting responsibility back on yeah. your child to learn. And if they do end up going to college, whatever, medical school, you know, something like that, they're going to have teachers that really gel with them. And they're going to have teachers where they're going, please, mm-hmm. you know, I am bored out of my, my mind with you. Well, either one, if, if, if you taught them at home how to learn, right, it won't matter. It, they'll still have a favorite teacher, but they'll learn from both of them. And, yeah. and that's um, important. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I think, and I think the more that you can even practice that at home even – yeah is helpful yeah. um well and the other rule is the opposite if yeah. you ever teach no bad students only bad teachers yeah yeah and it's like those two counterdict well can you imagine if every teacher out there said i don't have a bad student if they don't learn i didn't teach them so it's my responsibility yeah now all of a sudden you're looking for ways to teach mm-hmm. and, and and if you're a student going no bad teachers only bad students can you imagine the stuff that could be learned with those two attitudes mm-hmm. in place? So if you're listening today and you're a teacher, I, 
encourage you to rethink how you teach because it's not just about grades. Mm -hmm. Even though the rest of the world says it is, it really isn't. I could care less whether my doctor got an A or a, a C right. in the class. I really want him to know where the appendix is. Right. And yeah, Absolutely. And I would say that even our, like, if you look at job experience nowadays, you know, I, I don't even know how much, like, grades matter anymore. Right. Because there, there's no, I almost feel like there's no meaning behind them. Right. You know, I mean, you look at high school and you can have a GPA of like 5.2. It's like, huh? It's like, oh, yeah, well, I took AP. I took, you know, this and this. And so it inflated my grade. And it's like, what? Yep. You know, whereas, you know, when, when you look at people who hire, what are they doing? They're looking at what experience you have. Exactly. And so if you can learn in a way where you actually learn it, can apply it to your life. That's that. Those are the skills you need. Absolutely. No matter what business person I talk to, I and normally we have men's retreats at Silver Birch Ranch or whatever. And normally I'll I'll ask business guys, "What are you looking for?" Yeah. Usually it's I want someone that will show up on time, mm -hmm. that knows how to learn, that's respectful, and they go through stuff that school has nothing to do with. Right. It's yeah. It's almost attributes that 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 yeah. are life skills. You and, know. and every single one of them says, "I'll teach them what they need to know." Right. I, I say the same thing about the program team. Yep. You know, the program team during the summer, if you've ever been here during the summer, we hire summer staff. And the program team for just the way it is, is, is pretty much the face of camp because we run right. the games and all Absolutely. that sort of stuff. But, I mean, even now I have some of the Nicolay Bible Institute students, you know, saying, hey, I'm interested in program. I'm like, that's great. You know, but and the thing I tell them is I look for the people that are flexible, willing to do whatever, because that's the, that's what I need, you know, right. has a good attitude, can lead well. Why? Because to me, it doesn't matter if you know how to use a microphone. To me, it doesn't matter if you can or can't get in front of a crowd. I could teach you those things, even if you're, if you're scared to death of it. Right. I'm just looking for the things that I can't teach you right. at that stage of life. And, and, you know, any wise parent or any wise teacher is, is recognizing that in any child that they talk to. Right. In other words, here's the things. When, when I used to see boys bouncing around the classroom. Yeah. My first thought to myself was, their giftedness is that energy. Yeah. I need to figure out how to harness it, mm -hmm. not tell them to stuff the energy. Right. You know, I need to figure out how can I harness that energy. Now, I, it, that may take me a while to right. do because everyone's so different, but that's the goal. Right. And, and I think we need to make more of an effort as parents, less effort, letting kids watch TV all the time, whatever, make more of an effort at, at being involved in the educational process. Right. And the teachers need to be more, taking more ownership of saying, well, if they didn't learn, and, and not just grades. Right. I mean, somehow grades really need, you need some way to evaluate. I get it. Yeah. But honestly, like you said, I graduated top quarter in my class. I never even read a book. So what what do those grades actually mean? Right. And, and what is even the test that I took when I got out of high school? I got good enough on those. So I, somehow I skirted all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't put much of an effort into it and never wanted to. Right. And so somehow I was missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that that is just the dilemma of education. But if, you, if you're wanting to learn, that's the core of it. And not only that, I would say, even as a parent, the thing that I'm learning is being able to give my boys space, a healthy space to make mistakes. Right. You know, because I think, I think that's part of the learning process that's too. Huge. Is you, you, you allow them the opportunity where they could screw up. Right. 
but be okay with that. Right. Um, but unfortunately, like any conversation that we have, it gets to a good point and then we have to cut it off because we run out of time and that's likewise today. So I encourage you to go back, re-listen to this, continue to, to uh, check us out as we do more conversations in the future. But for now, in this episode of Younger and Older, this is Jason and Dave. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.